Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Is It Peak? Today, we are discussing the series finale of Better Call Saul, Saul Gone. I'm your host, Marcus, and joining me for this episode is Johnny Cooper. Hello, everyone. Johnny Cooper here. We also have Imperfect Dan. What's up? We have Prez. Hey. We have Cinnabad. Hello. And we have the return of the not-special guest, Skink. Hey. Well, uh, before we go any further, we need to shout out the HN Films patrons, as always. So, special thanks to our ultimate fanboys, Fartsom, Lyra, and Bill. And our epic fanboys, Rhombus and Stunseed Productions, who is a new patron, apparently. Alright, so what are our initial thoughts on the very last episode of this show that we all appreciate so very much? It was depressing. Um, Peter Gold is a liar. Mm-hmm. In what way are we talking? He was talking about how this is like the most unconventional, never-before-seen ending that no one on Earth could predict, and it was just exactly what everyone expected, basically. I do think that. I guess when he said that, he was probably thinking about how a lot of, you know, quote-unquote fans, mainly like Breaking Bad fans, were kind of expecting maybe a flashier-type ending. I mean, what more stuff could you add to make it more, like, epic or flashy or whatever? Walt Jr.? (laughs) Walt Jr.? Not a single person wanted Walt Jr. (laughs) I wanted Walt Jr., I wanted him after I saw Marie was in this episode. Yeah. And Skylar. Yeah, I wanted Skylar in this episode. Actually disappointed Skylar wasn't in it, okay. Even just like sitting in the court would have been kind of cool. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. Yeah. And no QB, you know, I think that's the, the biggest the, still the show's this. biggest flaw. Kubi <laughs> fans have just been eating dog shit this entire show. And it's, yeah. It's to say. Cooper, it's... Um, I have a question for you. What do you yeah. think about the lack of Jeff? No Jeff this episode. Matt. Big L, Big L. It is sad. He, he's basically the next Huel. You know, we don't know what happened to him. He's just that was, that's my favorite part of the episode. We'll find out in the next spinoff, in the Kim spinoff, where she has to free Jeff. Mm-hmm. I do wonder how many how many years he's gonna do because he is associated with Saul. Well, yeah, this episode was like entirely just about Jimmy, and there was no time mm-hmm. for random Jeff shenanigans. The only Jeff thing is like in the uh, the opening, the uh, the intro. You know, the little uh, air refresher thing. Oh yeah, that was the. It's weird to have that for the intro. I guess that's where Gene's downfall started. Well, you could argue his downfall started many, many, many years ago. Should we just put out the question right now if this is as good or better than Felina? Uh, I would say it's on par. I don't know which one I prefer. They're on par to me. Yeah, I remember Vince Gilligan, like, he was so confident, like, just saying, like, yeah, this is better than Felina. Wipes that. And And he was right. I'd have to rewatch Breaking Bad first. I'm ready to say I'm ready to say Felina is better. At first I thought um Solgon completely sweeped Felina, but on retrospect I think they are like very close. I think I would say Solgon's better just because I like Better Call Soul better as a show. I think both kind of uh are a little predictable because Felina was also kind of predictable, but like it still hits every note that you would want it to hit. What do we think about the Bill Oakley, like him being in the story more? I love that. Bill Oakley being an integral character in the last episode is awesome. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to see him back. Like, what? He was season one character, right? Season one, uh, episode two. But think about his reputation now. What about Ernie, though? Where's Ernie? Where is Ernesto and where is Price? I feel like they could have like fit Ernie in at, like, Howard's, like, uh, thing. But other than that, I don't know where he would have came in. And I don't know how Price could have been in the story at all. So Ernie should have gone to Howard's um, thing just to, like, piss on his grave. Isn't Price in jail? Yeah, yeah he should have uh, been in the jail at the end. Yeah, he's the arcade guy, right? Laser tag, laser tag guy. Oh, laser tag. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that place does have arcade machines as well. So. Okay. 
I feel almost like he wouldn't fit in now anymore. Like he was in the show at a point where it was a lot different, mm-hmm. more comedic. Yeah, exactly. The whole show is completely different, and his character was like heavily comedic. Yeah, but this season still had time for comedic moments, mainly hit and run the whole car thing. So I feel like they could have shoved in Price somewhere. And they did fit in Betsy Kettleman, so... I thought the fact that Betsy was in it meant for sure that Price was going to be in it, but I guess not. Okay, should we jump into the cold open, which I certainly was not expecting at all? The most unexpected part. Yeah, Bagman uh, flashback, I guess. I mean, they were hinting at it with that teaser with the Suzuki thing. We did think it was going to be like going to take place like during the Gene stuff, you know, like years later, because the the car did look more more rusty. Yeah, that shot wasn't even used, so they used that elaborate shot where it goes from inside the car to outside, just just for no reason. But yeah, there's some Bagman thing that sets up the like I guess running theme for this episode of time travel. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's it's a uh, it's funny how they use time travel a lot in this episode because uh you know uh, I was making you know a little joke video like back in April of like time travel and Breaking Bad. I wrote like twenty pages and uh, I even like recorded the lines. There were twenty pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was just you know like oh the Walking Dead crossover and you know stuff like that. <laughs> um, well, yeah, of like Walter and, and traveling to to the Walking Dead universe, but. And I did, like, record everything, uh, the lines, but I didn't like it. Like, I edited everything, but, you know, I ended up scrapping it. And uh, I was going to re-record it again, but I got too lazy and I ended up just doing the Lalo video instead. And then now they, in this final episode, they're just talking about it, you know, constantly. I thought that was pretty hilarious. Wait, so was the first flashback, like, right after that episode, the Batman episode? It's at the start of Bad Choice Road when they have that part of the start where they're still in the desert. You see Jimmy still drinking the piss, so it has to be after that. Did you notice the piss was, like, a little paler than it, it was in Bagman? I don't know. I, I wasn't really looking at the oh, piss okay. color that much. Yeah. I wasn't analyzing it. At first, I thought it was, like, a dream sequence because I thought it was weird that they just found this, like, giant thing of water. In the yeah. Of the I, I love how uh, Saul and Mike look the exact same way they looked in Bagman. Like, you won't be able to tell that this scene was shot after season five. Yeah, I saw people yeah. in BBU saying that it was like a deleted scene from back then, but it definitely was not. Uh, I find it amazing how the, the writers managed to have like three send-offs to Mike in this show. You know, he has the conversation with Nacho's father that uh, shapes him into the man we see in Breaking Bad. Uh, and then the conversation with Saul where he does, you know, this his PI stuff that we see in Breaking Bad, plus uh, warning Saul about Walter. And then we get the Bagman scene where they do like a callback to season one's ending, but now towards the end of towards the end of one era of their lives after going through so much, you know, Saul solidifies his response to Mike uh, from the beginning of the show, which makes Mike disappointed to what uh, Saul ended up becoming, which is why he talks to, you know, with Kim instead of Saul earlier in the season. I was debating this with Fred before. Do you think this scene or the other scenes are better last scenes for Mike? This scene, definitely. Yeah, this is the best Mike scene. I think the best Mike scene was probably uh, the one with him and Nacho's dad. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I like this one more. I don't know. It was This one was more so focused on Jimmy, though. I feel like that's the thing. Well, I don't know. Mike opened up about exactly where he would go back to. And, and first, I think he said his, like, first bride. But I think before then, I don't know what the date he said. I thought I figured it was maybe when his son died. The other date was, like, 2000. Yeah, 2000 was probably when his son died. Yeah, he said 2001, and I thought he said 9-11. Whoa! <laughs> Mike, if Mike was on that plane... Oh, shit would have gone down differently. 
Yeah, uh, the personal response uh, that Mike gives to Saul when he asks him about what he'll, what he'll change if he can go back in time was, I think, in my opinion, like the definitely um, <laughs> the best way to end Mike's character in this universe. He wants to to go back to save his son from getting killed, but then revokes that answer and wishes he can go back even further to the time he first took that bad uh, choice road that led him mm-hmm. to this. Uh, we've seen him throughout Better Call Saul how he hates seeing innocent people get murdered, putting his own son on the road he took, and seeing people like Nacho and Jesse going on the same path. Now it all uh, goes back to the first time he took the first bribe. He regrets being the person he became, you know, and he wishes he can go back and change the path he took, which foreshadows what uh, Saul ends up beco- uh, ends up doing by the end of the episode. I think it'd be really cool to, to rewatch Breaking Bad and see Mike's character and how like he changed from Better Call Saul to uh, to Breaking Bad. I think that'd be really interesting to see a lot of the characters. Um, yeah, and all these extra Mike scenes just make it even more funny that he dies for nothing, killed by a beta cuck, dead in a barrel. Yeah, but I mean, it has been foreshadowed in the show, though like his death as it i remember in Batman when he was like uh if i will die i will die knowing i i do everything i can for my family which is which is nothing also i don't know if any of you guys noticed this but the shot at the start where you see the suzuki is the exact same shot from bad choice road where lalo jumps on it but they just photoshop lalo out unless it's like just a clean thing they got of that shot before lalo enters the frame but it is like the same shot it makes sense because what are they gonna i'm pretty sure they actually put the car down there right that I yeah they're not they gonna do that drive again. the yeah. car back out there like the other shots, I think were new, like the uh, space blanket and the money and stuff, because those are pretty easy to do. But put a whole car, yeah, I did that. So it, it makes sense, but that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I guess we should just acknowledge that Soul gives like a bullshit answer when he's asked by Mike Warren Buffett, and he's going to invest in some shit. Who is uh, Omaha native? So bravo, Peter. And the response Mike gives to him is very similar to the one Walt gives him later, where Walt's like, "Oh." You were always like this. And Mike's just like, oh, it's just about the money or some shit. Also, the real question is, do you think they can make a time machine of $6 million? No, that's what I was saying. You like, you would need like like trillions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. they, I don't even think it's possible. So probably infinity well, amount of money. But According to Walter, definitely isn't. I bravo gold for closing off one of my favorite characters in the best way possible. I bravo too. I also bravo even though Mike is not one of my favorite characters. Whoa. Whoa. Mike is one of my favorite characters in Better Call Saul. In Better Call Saul, I really like Mike in Breaking Bad. Yeah, true, true. Uh, I mean, actually, no, Mike is one of the best because of his love for pimento cheese sandwiches. I think it's a lot better in Breaking Bad. What? What? But... He's not a character Whoa. in Breaking Bad. Bro. It doesn't matter. He's better. <laughs> he's, just, he's more epic. I mean, he kind of is cooler in Breaking Bad, but that's because we know nothing about him, really. He literally is not a character until like he's just like a five. fucking like a tough guy, impossible. He is a character, just not as much depth as Bear Call Saul, because he was like in every episode of Bear Call Saul, nearly. Some of Mike's best scenes are in Breaking Bad, but overall, his character in Bear Call Saul is just obviously more mm-hmm. like interesting. Yeah, and fleshed out and everything. Yeah, should we move to Gene on the run with intense music? Oh yeah, I thought this was gonna be a lot longer, but like I like how almost anticlimactic. It was. Yeah. I, I, it was loved really the, I loved the scene. I thought it was so good. They had the fucking chopper out for him. Yeah. It was yeah. cool. To, it was so cool to see like what they basically like were setting after him. And I feel like he could have found a better spot than that, you know, dumpster. But I mean, he was in a rush. Gene hiding in that dumpster was definitely a callback to when he was hiding from the guards, uh, when he was like trying to put the, uh, the pieces together with the Sandpiper case. Yeah. I thought when he was in there, I thought Rich Schweikart was going to call him up to talk about opera. Also a callback to when they threw his cardboard cutout in Sits 01. 
Well, are we? Is it a callback to every single dumpster scene and and <laughs> Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul ever? Shit, maybe, How many yeah. dumpster scenes are there? Wasn't there one with Jesse, or was that like a potty? That was a porta potty. This reminded me of in the uh, beginning of Felina when Walt, uh, he was like uh, stuck in that car and like he was trying to evade the cops. Uh, you would like think, oh shit, he he might get caught. And then for this one, it was like the exact opposite for me. You thought he wasn't going to get caught? Yeah, I thought he wasn't going to get caught, but he did. When Gene first got in his car, I thought he was going to like turn the key and it wouldn't start. Yeah, I kind of had that feeling too. I just thought it would have been so many easy places to hide in a major city. Like literally just go sit in someone's shed or something like... Yeah, yeah, I'm glad they uh, they got him in jail as early as they did in this episode. I would have hated if they had him running for like half an hour, which is what I was scared they were going to end up doing. Do you think? Uh, do you think if these cops were the ones uh, back in uh, New Mexico or Albuquerque or whatever, they would have caught Jesse driving by them? Yes, they also would have caught Walt when he left um the bar in Granite State. And isn't it poetic that Saul gets caught in a trash can as Marie brings up later, like a like a cockroach perhaps? Ooh. Oh, oh! I just thought of that on the spot. Should we move on to Gene in jail? Yeah, he's just sitting there in jail, and like they're watching his Better Call Saul ads. Yeah, I thought it was gonna pan over to them watching it, and it was like gonna be like on the TV in color, but no, it was like behind a laptop screen. I for like for a second, I was like, man, I wonder if they'll like look at these and be like, oh, we got the wrong guy, or like some <laughs> random thing. Like I, I thought some something stupid may happen like that, but. And then Bob Odenkirk has his Joker audition in the little holding cell. A crawl space moment, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, crawl space moment, Joker moment. He reads the message, which uh, reminded me of the season two flashback when he did the SG was here yeah. message. I remember that. Also, buy a garbage can. This one says, uh, like, my lawyer will read me your ass. And, like, I, I guess, like, he gets an idea, so he bursts into laughter. Is that what is that what made him think of Bill? I thought maybe that he, uh, when he read that, he just realized how, like, ironic it is that he's the lawyer and he's the one in jail, so his lawyer is... Who like who does Saul call? I was wondering, was the quote like a reference to Bill too? Because the, the his he hired Bill not as his lawyer, but as his like um what is it Advisor. advisory counsel. So do what do you think his whole point of hiring Bill then was at all like like just get info like info from New Mexico and what's going on and stuff or that and just to make it more official, I guess maybe or maybe just to have a little little friend to friend to be with him, you know. When he was on the phone, did anyone think he was going to call Kimberly? Yeah, I thought he was going to use his one call to call Kim, and then he called Cinnabon. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, like, called him up to say that they're going to need a new manager. It's nice, though. That was a nice moment. I don't know why. I was like, oh, that's nice. He's using his, like, one call to call Cinnabon. Yeah, I always liked uh, Oakley and Jimmy's relationship throughout the show. You know, negotiating deals and helping him out with the Chuck shit in season three. I think, like, at the beginning. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh then you see the relationship sour by like season five and six once Jimmy embraces his Saul persona. Oh, and then yeah. it all goes back full circle with Oakley helping him out. Well, trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah trying to. And then he ends up, uh, Saul ends up cucking him. Either way, I imagine it'll be good for his career to have such a high profile case. In the end, Which publicity. he completely fumbled. Yeah, but it wasn't I, really. It wasn't his, it wasn't his yeah. fault. And he was only advisory, so he wasn't even like, yeah. Yeah, true, true. I mean, Oakley can, like, say to his clients that he helped uh, Saul Goodman, like, reduce his sentence to, like, seven years before he ended up, uh, before Saul ended up uh, blowing it off himself. It's crazy that he got down to seven years from, like, 200 years. Yeah, well, he must have had a lot of info, right? Like, on 
hundreds and hundreds of crimes, like not even just Walt, which I bet, you know, that's what they're mainly interested in, but he probably had a million things he, he did as a lawyer that he was able to probably call back to. And uh, when he's in that, like, kind of whatever and negotiation scene, I like, I don't know. At first I thought he was like being a little serious and he's like, yeah, Walt did this to me. And then he just has this most smug face after and he's like... <laughs> You know, all it takes is one. Oh, it, it reminded me of the maybe your best course will be to tread lightly scene. It's just kind of like that, except with the jury stuff. That scene of like Saul uh, talking about uh, Walter, um, it reminded me of how Walter made up that uh, lie with uh, about like Hank in season five. Oh, yeah. But um, Saul's lie was like 100% true, basically. Yeah, I, I was kind of questioning his performance, too. Like even in the actual confession, I was also kind of questioning like how genuine was his performance? Because like, I think it was because of Odenkirk's acting. Yeah, it is cool that every single time Saul has any kind of like monologue or something, you can never be sure if it's real or not. Should we talk about when that negotiation is walking down the hallway and fucking Marie shows up? Did anyone did anyone think Marie would be in this episode? No. No, I had no, no clue. It, made, it was It makes yeah. sense, but I did not expect it. It was kind of like a payoff too, in some ways. Cause like we didn't cause like the last thing we saw of her like in Felina was like talking about like, oh, Walt's gonna get what he deserves, blah blah blah. But like here, like we actually get to see her like somewhat satisfied. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it was really cool to see almost like her reaction to Breaking Bad. Like, what other characters have we seen do that? I guess we've seen Jean's reaction to it. Jean, Francesca. We've heard about other characters, but this time we all got to see Marie's reaction to everything and her like emotion about it, which I thought was really, really cool to see. We know Walter avenged the Hank and Gomi in the finale of Breaking Bad, but here we see this other perspective, similar to the convo with like Nacho's dad. Even if they were avenged, uh, Hank and Gomi aren't coming back. And we see the aftermath of what uh, Walter and Saul left over after Ozymandias and how it like affected everybody. Like Even if justice was brought, uh, the family still wouldn't win. And Marie says it as well. Uh, everything being in black and white makes it like more perfect because it's not only Saul who's depressed and got his life destroyed, but everybody else around them is as well. And I do find it interesting also, like, when we all, like, saw Breaking Bad, like, we would always be like, wow, this would not have happened if it wasn't for these, like, unavoidable choices that Walt did. But, like, it's really interesting how even with this show, it's kind of like, Saul, he kind of started this whole empire and, like, which kind of inadvertently led to, like, so many deaths. Mm -hmm. I've been kind of hating on the black and white scenes as of late. I think it really fit well for the stuff in Albuquerque this episode with Marie and the... Yeah, I I know what you mean. Like, it was almost like like they were getting, like, I don't know the word, not, like, tiring, but something where, like, it felt like it wasn't adding anything for a while, but definitely for, like, this whole episode, I felt like it was, like, perfectly fitting and, and, like, added a lot. I thought uh, once he was like confessing to everything in the court, like the whole truth, I thought like it, it was finally going to like turn into color, but it never did. Or even like towards the end when he was like finally, uh, he made peace with Kim, I thought uh, it was going to turn into color. But and I guess it's just like a, you know, like a like a choice, I guess, when it comes to the I'm, black I'm and white. I'm fine of not, not turning a color, personally. I do think they should, they could have done it easily, like at the last scene. Although you could say it's because like, like Kim, Kim's life is still kind of shitty. Like she's still about to be sued by fucking Cheryl for everything she has. They were talking about how he got down seven years or something and Saul kept like pushing. And first he requested like a way better prison. And I was like, okay, cool. And then he started talking about fucking blue mint chocolate ice cream or some shit. Like the ice cream cone. Remember when he dropped the ice cream cone? Yeah, yeah. Just same, same ice cream. I thought it was his ego uh, sort of That was definitely his ego. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I thought it was a pretty good, I guess you could call it a red herring. I don't know what the 
exact term is because I feel like everyone thought once he got caught, I mean, he'd probably be humbled a little bit, but he still kind of seems like he's the gene that was pushing Jeff and them to do bigger scams and everything, you know? Did anyone think when he said he has some shit on Kim, did anyone here think that he was definitely going to like fucking tear her down? I thought for a little bit. I really did think that. Yeah. I didn't think so. The path he was going, like he was already angry at her. I, I could, I could see it happening, and I was like, "No way!" And when you saw Kim's reaction, ah, oh, it was so sad. Well, yeah, when he said he has more info on like Lalo's death, on how his death or something, I was thinking like, "What the hell is that info gonna be?" I think usually, I thought, I thought he was BSing because like he wouldn't know anything else. I saw Rumba suggest that the the info was that Kim knew Lalo was alive, but I feel like she probably mentioned that. Why would that matter though? Uh, I thought he only said he was going to confess to, like, Howard. I thought that's what uh, was going to end up cucking him over and he was going to have to do, like, the 200 years. Because they were, they were going to, like, think, uh, did you cause, like, Howard's murder? Yeah, I don't get why they were so mad about that. He was just, like, offering more information. And they were like, ah, well, we got you. Like, we already know this. But it's like... I mean, they they hate this dude, so... Yeah, that was, that was just because he was annoying him with the fucking mint ice cream bullshit. But anyways, uh, next scene. Next scene is the, the Walt flashback. What do we think of that? Sucked. Yeah, it was really good. It yeah, was, yeah. Uh, it was also pretty unexpected. Like, not like unexpected, like we weren't expecting the Walt scene, but like the kind of... The scene and where when it was happening, I thought was unexpected. Like, I didn't know what to expect, but I didn't expect that. I was kind of like I saw several people predicting that the scene would take place in the vacuum guy's basement or whatever, but I didn't think they would do that because I didn't think there was any more to add to that because I already have that really good scene. But no, they did it. I really liked it. His bald cap looked great. I didn't. I like. I didn't really notice it even. Oh, that was a bald cap. Most people don't even know. It was. It has to be a bald oh, cap. Shit. But like, yeah, he did, definitely didn't shave his head. But digitally, tell, so. digitally, de- shrunk his head. Honestly. The oh. best part is seeing like the beard, the iconic beard, because like I oh wanted God. to see that again. Yeah, he looked good. Um, I I really liked when they were like they were talking about the regrets, and then Walter's like my regrets, and then you see him like the wa- the watch um, that Jesse gave him like comes into focus, and he like looks at it a bit, and yeah. you can like kind of see his regret right. Oh there. my gosh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that. I, that yeah, that's why the watch can focus. And I also liked how um, it's just like classic Walt, like the whole time he's being so condescending. He like thinks he can fix the like, uh, what was it? The heater or whatever? The water heater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he thinks yeah. he can fix it. Didn't it remind you of Fly a little bit? Like when he was so obsessed with like uh, dealing with like the one fly thing because he was like, oh, it's going to contaminate this whole place. And he was mm-hmm. just like that with the, the heater. It also reminded me of, I forgot when it was. When he tried to fix his house was. water heater. There was like a table that was wobbling, and he like folded the paper on. Oh, it was like one ink of the table. But there's there's also this the uh, episode I don't remember what it was either in Breaking Bad where he becomes like obsessed with the water heater at his house as well. Back to the fly one in in that episode, he he feels guilt about like uh Jane's death, and in and here I think he also feels like guilt uh you know towards uh what ended up happening with like hank i mean that's kind of what made it really screwed up like the fact that this was literally after ozymandias and like mm-hmm. when he talks about regrets he just brings up gray matter well do you think that do you think he was being genuine with the gray matter thing i think he was, was that i mean he was definitely yeah regret? he was definitely being genuine he was genuine you know, too because if obvious. in the episode after that's literally what gets him to go back to albuquerque so i think the gray matter thing the gray matter thing was genuine but it wasn't like his true like deepest like regret or whatever 
Or there's like this up new Watts thing just really reaffirms that he's like the biggest pussy little bitch like in the entire show. It reminded me just how if he wasn't he played was. by Brian Cranston, would people like him as much? Yeah, Brian Cranston nails the role as Walter once again. You know, playing the egotistical monster, he becomes in season five. It's like he when when he was like taken out of that episode and put straight into this one. And I love how he uh, belittles Saul and doesn't give a fuck about what happens to him. He's also probably still on edge about everything that just happened at that point. Yeah, this is like a few days after Ozymandias at most. And Walter saying, uh, you've always been like this is something like Chuck will say. And it was definitely done in purpose. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I, I like how they, they eventually moved to past regrets with him just like, being pretentious and being like a time machine time machines are not possible the the law of thermo thermodynamics or whatever contradicts that but yes yeah, so, uh it was definitely also another good send-off to a breaking bad character talk about the wall scene hs go ahead it was kind of boring on first watch not gonna lie <laughs> what <laughs> it's I mean, I wasn't really paying attention I can kind of see the purpose in it with the whole regret thing on rewatch but it was kind of a snooze on first watch. It took me a second to realize when it was. I had to like ask someone. I was like, when is this again? Because I haven't seen Breaking Bad in eight years. so I missed all of the subtext. And it was just kind of like Walt bitching. Should we move on to Soul on Wayfarer 515? Did they actually like show a shot of that? It says Wayfarer on the chairs. Yeah, Why? I don't know if this is a 515. It's or, probably a popular airline, I imagine. I guess it's to be in universe or whatever. I liked that the entire time Bill Oakley had to go to the shitter. Yeah, because he eats a lot. So yeah, so this is like the moment where Saul finally turns into to Jimmy, basically. I think the wheels start turning, yeah. After that, Kim's back in Florida, and then she decides to go volunteer at a legal clinic. I feel like there was more there that we like didn't see, but I guess it also showed us all we needed to, like her getting her kind of life back, her getting her interests back. But it's also like, I don't know, I wish it was like a little longer or... But I guess it makes sense. It's it's showing us that Kim has some sort of... She doesn't really like the sprinkler job, and like we got to see her like finally do something about it. Yeah. Especially after like how she was so regretful about the whole Howard thing. I thought that we're going to have some kind of scene where Kim's like starts volunteering, and she's like amazing at her job, and the other lawyers or whatever, they're like, whoa, you, where do you get all this like skills from? I don't know if maybe it was longer, or they had another scene they cut or something. I, I mean, it did show us all we needed to see, but I would have liked to see more, but I guess I could say that about most of the show. There could have been more to that story, but at the same time, I think what we got was definitely enough. This episode is entirely about Jimmy, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, Suzanne Erickson. Suzanne Erickson cameo. The goat. So she's not really a goat at all. Oh, yeah. I don't oh. know if that's to be honest. She's so annoying and racist to you all. Oh, yeah, oh, true. Yeah, true. true. Never mind. Not the goat. One of the worst characters. I mean, I, I knew there was going to, I, I knew, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy was going to redeem himself in some way. I, I thought, I, I sort of knew that that's what they were going to, mm. oh, that's where they were going to. You did not know that. You did I not know did, that. I did. Nope, nope. I did. They, they were hinting at it pretty heavily. I don't know. I could see the show ending. I could see, I could see him ending with being a total scumbag. I was I was really hoping they were gonna redeem him, and I'm glad they did. But I did think there was still a chance they were gonna cuck me. Well, yeah, let's move on to yeah the, the big scene where he comes in as a flashy ah, legendary scene. Yeah, with that music. Yeah, that's gonna be one of those like that's like a goaded scene for sure. A better call song. It was interesting because uh, the way they started off, it was like him with his flashy suit on. So I wasn't expecting like anything like that. 
But as he was talking, I was thinking, okay, they're going to have to shift this in some way. There's no way he just says the exact same thing. Well, yeah, I started like, laughing when he started repeating the same thing he said to let Marie. Yeah, I was like, I was cringing then to him, like, really? When he talks about, like, how, like, yeah, I wasn't a victim. I was, I kind of helped with Bolt's drug empire. He says it with, like, such ego. Like, like, like he's kind of proud of it. Like, like, hey, I was the one responsible for this, not them. It was me. I low-key think it was uh, a mix of his ego, but also he wanted to uh, show it off to Kim and say, like... Well, he literally said that. He was like, oh, yeah, I lied about having info. I just wanted Kim to be here to see. No, him. I know. But I'm saying I think it was also his ego. Like, he, he wants people to know that he wasn't just yeah. a victim. I just don't think this was literally a full-on, like, him just being emotional. Because, like, part of it did feel like a performance to me. Especially, like, when he starts talking about his deep deeper regrets. Like, you're really going to tell me this dude is suddenly just got emotional out of nowhere when a couple minutes ago he was, like, acting all prideful? Like, that's just not believable to me. But I think that's kind of part of what makes it good, right? That, like, you can't fully tell. Yeah. Well, his whole character in general, him as a person, he's, like, always put on a show, right? So it is hard to tell. I feel like this was, like, one of the yeah. moments in the show, though, where we did see the true him. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't regret anything he's talking about. I'm just saying the performance he gives off, like, is that fully him? Is that fully genuine? I think, yeah, I think that's up to interpretation. He I definitely think, regrets yeah, but... Chuck and Howard, 100%. I thought it was so cool that they brought back the Chuck malpractice insurance thing. I was also waiting for him to say that he did swap the 1216 thing, but that probably wouldn't have, have been needed. Yeah, I did. I did love the exit scene, too. I like I It was so sick. At that part, that was when I thought that was all the Chuck we were getting for that episode. Same, same. Same, yeah. yeah. I did think... Uh, that for some reason, uh, Jimmy was gonna get like some sort of like mental illness when they showed the exit <laughs> sign. Because I saw like some people like predicting that. that what? Uh, You're saying the show was gonna end with Jimmy also becoming allergic to electricity <laughs> or something similar? You know, he gets like some sort of like mental illness. I guess it was kind of cute how he did uh, give Kim some credit for starting over because he didn't have to do that, but like it was definitely for her. Yeah, like he never. He ran, I mean, he ran, he tried to start over as well, but he, he did. And then he said, really, like, I was the one that really ran away. Yeah. I mean, he ran away and did start over, but he didn't start over in the same way she did. Like, she was able to yeah. get a new life. He, his was always, you know. Always a part of that. Yeah. And, and and even if, um like, he, he had no one as Gene anyways. Like, at least Kim had, you know, NPC friends and an NPC <laughs> husband. Yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of. <laughs> Ultimately, not that far apart. But um, let's talk about the part everyone soyed apart, uh, soyed about uh, when he said uh, to address himself as uh, James McGill. Oh, that was one of the, the best scenes. The highlight of the entire episode. Yeah, that yeah. was so good. I, I was, was like, no I way. I was like, damn. That was what that scene solidified the episode as a ten out of ten for me. Like, no matter what happened after that, like it didn't matter. They already, they already did it. Is this the first time we saw Steve Gomez's wife? Yeah, I think so. I was oh, like, wow. who is that? And they said her name was like something Gomez. I was like, oh yeah, my favorite part of the scene was actually like um, after like he makes that confession. Like everyone, everyone goes into argument, and he's just looking at him, and then she slowly goes to the smile. That was so cute. Like, I mean, was, was so it good. a smile? I feel like they just no. She of... was like slowly. She was like slowly smiling. It was approval. Also, can we talk about the funniest part of the episode, which is when Oakley like tries to withdraw from the case? I'm so glad they kept the comedy because like this could have just easily been like super melodramatic, but like nah, they they stuck with it. What if instead of hiring Oakley, he hired Ernesto? Though? 
Ernesto would have gotten him like a hundred more years. Or maybe uh, Oakley assembles a team, you know, Ernesto. Uh, you know what, though? That would have been kind of sick to bring Ernesto back and he's like Oakley's assistant or something. Yeah. yeah. Assemble the dream team, for real. Christy Esposito, Oakley, Ernesto, mm-hmm. Aaron Brill, uh, wait, Cliff Mayer. Omar. Wait, wait, Omar, that's him. Yeah. yeah. Omar, they got helping him with the coach, right? Or the desk. The desk. They, they all became lawyers. Uh, it was amazing. Can we move on to the most hype part of the entire episode? Where the set where it fades in and it's like a dark room with some like blinds and windows and I knew exactly what it was straight away and I was so, so happy. When I heard the groceries, I was like, no way, is this Chuck? Well, you can hear him at the background say, did you ground yourself? And I was like, yes. That, yeah, was my, once I heard that. Oh, that was the best flashback in the whole show. No, it was so good. It was the whole scene was just so good. I really liked. I don't know. It really gave a lot more. I thought depth to their relationship and and even just them as characters. And people were saying that this scene is the scene that Jimmy would time travel back to because Chuck offers him a chance to like have a talk and maybe try to mend their relationship a bit. Even though this is like pre season one, they're still like you know. But Jimmy just leaves. Wait, I thought it was more so like uh, this is when Chuck was like trying to tell him like, "Hey, it's never too late to change your path from being a lawyer." I think you're just, I think you're just Chuck saying like he kind of saw that Jimmy looked miserable, like he didn't have to be a lawyer to impress Chuck. The Chuck scene was so depressing to watch. Uh, we get a reminder of the good person Jimmy was. Chuck tells him that he he could have hired someone since he is very rich, but Jimmy would rather take care of his brother even after like a long day of helping out his clients. Uh, Chuck knows deep down he is a good person, but his jealousy can't help but taunt him when he gets the chance. Chuck tries to make convo with Jimmy, but because of the complex relationship that they have, it does cut short. And uh, the most depressing part is that Chuck tells him that uh, they always end up having the same fight over and over again. Yeah, this is the moment that Jimmy, uh, you know, as HN said, the, the moment that Jimmy wishes he can go back in time to finish that conversation and bond with his brother more. Because perhaps uh, this might have been what Cole have saved him from the man he will end up becoming, along with like saving his brother from his eventual suicide. Uh, maybe leading to like a better future with both of them because uh, it's like also like one of the first times chuck probably really shows an interest in jimmy and almost like validates mm-hmm. that we've seen yeah, yeah yeah that we've seen so and it but it makes sense that this would be his time machine moment because of that to be honest it's just so sweet to me that like he still he still did regret chuck after all these years because like people debated like whether like he really did care or like whether chuck just left his mind but I, i'm I'm actually kind of glad that, like, we're getting the implication that, like, this really was his biggest regret. And I think Jimmy choosing simply just rebonding with his brother compared to Mike choosing stopping from his son dying or stopping taking a bribe from a cop. Like, Jimmy Jimmy didn't choose when he first stole cash out of a cash register. He chose simply being okay with his brother. Yeah, a moment that may have saved his brother's life too, like in which shows it shows a lot. Yeah. Also, just on a pure soy jack level, it's just really good seeing Michael McKean and Bob Odenkirk on screen together again. <sighs> it's so nice. Yeah. Because for me, that was if that was always to me like obviously only for the first three seasons, like the dynamic of a show for me, even above Jimmy and Kim. Should we talk about the mo the like the controversial scene of this episode, which is the bus scene? How's that controversial? Some people think it's cringe when he's on the bus and everyone starts chanting Better Call Saul. I love that scene. I was a little scared that uh, that was going to like stroke uh, Saul's ego and he was going to like... Yeah, that really scared me. I think that they'll uh, he'll use kind of that in the uh, the prison. Like, I, I don't think... 
I know some people are saying like he's going to be back go back to Saul in prison. I think he'll utilize his connections. I don't think he'll completely turn back into Saul though. Yeah, I mean, also the the way the scene ends with him being amused too. It's like it's almost like there is a bit of ego there. Like, yeah, yeah, I may yeah. have screwed up, but like, hey, people I'm know me. Pretty, yeah, I'm still well, and sick. and don't forget when he the first guy addresses him as Better Call Saul, he's like, oh no, my name's McGill. So he's still yeah, like, he's yeah, trying. yeah. I think he couldn't really do anything when the whole bus was like Saul and started going crazy. But I, yeah, I think that he'll. The courtroom kind of shows us um, whether you choose to believe it or not that he wants like is back to jimmy so i think that no even if he kind of uh masquerades as saul in the in the prison and stuff to get by and have a better life there i think he's still not like internally is jimmy but maybe externally saul well uh this kind of fits uh, we were gonna do like viewer questions after we talked about the rest of the episode but this one kind of fits now so i'll just bring it up now from bill on patreon he says what do we think of a bus scene as Saul is being sent to prison and the other prisoners start chanting Better Call Saul? I see a lot of people just think it's the prisoners thinking that he is a hero. But could it also be Jimmy trying to get rid of a Saul persona and the world just not letting him get rid of Saul? I, I think it's more so just like the good side to being known as Saul Goodman. It's like at least there's some fame even in prison, I guess. And there's some satisfaction there. Yeah, I think that it, it's kind of representative that like he'll always be Saul in a sense, even if he wants to be yeah exactly. there'll always be a little piece of him that's saw 100 and so like them chanting that is a reminder to him like like there's still soul in him even if he want even if he turns out to be you know uh like evolves back into jimmy or devolves back into jimmy or whatever and is a good guy again there's always going to be a piece of him that's saw and that, that that'll come out in different conversations and and like there so they start going better call saul he's smirked a little because i feel like he could almost see that in a sense also, the Kim scene, it kind of confirms what you're saying. Because, like, even, like, for her, she, she does a, a tiny bit of uh, manipulation uh, with the law. Oh, yeah, using her bar card or whatever to... It doesn't really expire. I thought it was funny that they actually did the soul as a celebrity in prison ending that people kept, kept suggesting. Like, I've got nothing wrong with that. I just thought it was cool that they actually did that. I think he was not a massive celebrity, like, because even at the end, end scene of the episode, he's just kind of standing alone, like... You know, I think he's known. Uh, maybe he is a massive celebrity. I don't know. Maybe he's like the kingpin. He has some clout. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He'll have some pull and stuff, but I doubt it's going to be that crazy. Can we talk about basically the last scene of the entire show, which is Kim coming to visit Jimmy? And sharing a, a sig. Yeah, which is in color. The little fire's in color. Which no one noticed for some reason. Invo was pretty yeah, obvious. Yeah, when we all first called about it, it was only Achen and Skink that actually saw that. Nobody else saw it. Ah, just such a good scene. Like, the whole... It was such a good ending. And, like, when they first kind of, like, almost, um, like, lock eyes, like, she checks the door, comes back, and they just stare at each other, you can, like, see, like, their whole, like, brains, like, working. It's like they just want to fall back right into how they were together before, but Kim knows, like, she can't really. Like, there's it's there's no point. They even use the same music. The the cigarette thing. Um, So I find it interesting that in this episode, it was the only thing in color. And then the episode before was the Saul Goodman ad. So mm -hmm. I, I think to me that that kind of shows like uh, there's things he cares about that isn't just Saul. And like, obviously, that moment they shared, that was like him having like nostalgia for like back when, you know, they were closer. I assume, yeah, I assume the things that are in color are just like things from the past that he's nostalgic for. 
I didn't really notice anything about the cigarette. I mean, you said it was in color, but I didn't really notice. The whole scene was so sick. The, like all the parallels, all the like almost shot for shot recreations of like what, like season one or season two. I don't remember where they're from. I um, thought they were just going to end it right there with them smoking, but they kept it going for a little longer, which I was fine yeah. with. Yeah. There were so yeah. many moments in the episode I was like, is it going to end here? No, they're still like going. The, the bus scene. The bus yeah, scene. The bus scene <laughs> when he like looks out the window and smiles. If I ended the bus scene, I would have been pissed. It would have been way more sinister if they ended like that. Yeah, it would have been like ambiguous. Like, if did he really change? It's like the tr- the, tr- the troller ending. Can we talk about the last finger guns? Um, Jimmy gives Kim that wide shot where it looks like they're both kind of in uh, prison cells. It's kind of like the one in Fun and Games with Mike and that guy. Okay, so my first reaction upon seeing that was maybe this was like a gesture that like he is in some ways kind of like in his Saul Goodman ways but it could also more so just be him saying like this is a nostalgic gesture like him like saying goodbye and like hey referencing something from the past but like it's just interesting that he chose that because like when Kim did it it was just like her saying like yeah I'm about to break bad yeah so it's interesting that he picks that I think it's just him being a cool guy I think it was almost just reminiscent like of their relationship together. Like it's something they did, so he did back. And also just to as confirmation about if she gave finger guns back or not, apparently they filmed two an alternate scene where she gave the finger guns and a scene where she didn't give the finger guns and they decided that to go with the one where she didn't give the finger guns. I think that was the right choice. But yeah, I, I think the fact that it's like the last thing we see from Jimmy, it, it kind of like, yeah, it's meant to be like a little open to interpretation. Like, I, I don't think it's straightforward. Do you think that the cigarette represents anything else other than nostalgia? Like I saw some people saying it represents kind of almost their relationship and like burning. There's, there's like still a flame there. There's still something there. It's not even the cigarette. It's like the flame itself too. like, mm-hmm. yeah, could, it could just it could be that too. Well, I guess we need to bring up the question of, if, is this the last time they see each other or, or what? Yeah, so Peter Gould apparently said, like, this may be the last time they see each other. I'm not going to take that as confirmation, but obviously he thinks they're not going to see each other much after that. But I thought, logically speaking, like, what reason exactly would she not see him again? I guess because they have so much history, they clearly have some sort of feeling for each other, it seems, but it's like she'll never be able to to get that you know because he's in jail forever so she may just not visit him because there's so much like mental torture there you know because she probably still is in love with him in a way and he's probably still in love with her in a way yeah um and we could see that throughout the episode where they like the looks they give each other and stuff right it's not as like cut and dry as like uh walt and jesse's departure where like yeah this is literally him just freeing jesse but in here it's almost like kim is just like saying like goodbye just so like you know just so he can live his life and she could live her life but I think so. Bob Odenkirk said he thinks she'll visit, like she'll visit every year, or like you know she'll mm-hmm. be a frequent visitor. I could see it going either way. I could see her, you know, moving on with her life, you know, maybe doing her pro bono mm-hmm. stuff and leaving kind of Saul behind, which makes sense. I think no matter how you see it, the point is like obviously there, it's just not going to be the way it used to be. Even if they see each other like infrequently, like this still is a goodbye of sorts. Yeah, I think if they do see each other, it'll be like once a year at the absolute most. I don't think he's going to become Saul, but he's going to take some traits of Saul and just, like, still be Jimmy, but still have some Saul in him. Uh, Both times I watched the finger gun scene, I just thought it was, like, a callback, just, like, the cigarette to, you know, their relationship. I didn't really think about it that much. 
All right, question time then. Okay, from Lil Left Broken Arm, they ask, which of the three Walter and Jesse scenes was the best? In thinking about... Oh, so on first watch, definitely the Jesse scene, but in, like, in thinking about the Walt one and everything and kind of different things, definitely the Walt one. Yeah, the Granite State one or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think we can all agree that the... Um, probably the Walt and Jesse RV one was last, so. Honestly, the Walt, the van scene is probably the top one for me. Oh, really? shit. Really? Yeah, Jesse and Kim scene is probably bottom. I might put Jesse and Kim at the top. I don't think any of them are, like, exceptional, to be honest. Yeah, no. I just love how easily easily they just fall back in the characters. And it's, like, other than maybe Jesse's voice, and he looks a little different. <laughs> other than that, like, it's, they're the exact same. I like the, Je- I like the Jesse and Kim and Walt scenes a lot. Like yeah. I think they're both. I think like they're on the same level. Those two ones. Yeah, the RV one is definitely like my my least favorite one, and then it, it's like the the Jesse, and then the my favorite one is obviously going to be the uh, the Walter one because it adds like I guess one more final thing to like Walter uh, Walter's character, in, mm-hmm. you know, as a goodbye and uh, build sort of like a uh, the Saul, you know, what Saul's going to do in later in the episode. Epic Jackman, the man himself, asks. What would Chuck do with a time machine? Where would he go? I feel like he would be the type of guy to like go meet Albert Einstein or something like that. You know, meet some like a historical figure and like have lunch with them or something. I think he would uh, go back to somewhere in his relationship with Rebecca where like he could have fixed things because we really don't know what happened there. But mm. I should say that I doubt he would go anywhere with a time machine because he's uh, so scared of electricity. Oh, oh shit. shit! Oh yeah, true. Yeah, or he would bad. go back to a time where he wasn't scared of electricity. Yeah. yeah, I think it depends on what Chuck we're talking about. Because if it was like the Chuck with, uh, like, season three Chuck, maybe he'll go back to the cash register, you know, moment and maybe change that. Uh, I would Jimmy. say he would go back to when um, he helped Jimmy in prison because he did say in a chicanery rant, like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I saved him. I shouldn't have. I took him into oh, my firm. Yeah. What was I thinking?" Yeah. You you yeah. are you are right. Like yeah. he's he's very different at different points of the show in mm-hmm. terms of like how he feels. So yeah, maybe he would have went there. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. I have I haven't seen seasons one through three in like a while. Uh, I guess we already can't talk about this, but I'll just bring it up again. Um, from Elijah Russell, a lot of people thought that somewhere in this season, the writers were going to add some detail that would have meant Mike, though dying had some sort of fail-safe in place so Kaylee could have gotten some sort of money in the future. However, they did not do that, and Mike truly did die for nothing. What do you guys think about this? Well, I, gu- I guess it's the most realistic when you think about it, because like, not every character's going to get everything they want in the end. Mike just died for nothing. It makes sense. Well, similar to, like, I guess, Gene, in a way, too, right? Like, he, what did all this, what did he do all this for in the end? Like, like he got nothing. He's in jail, you know? He got some, he got some perspective. And the, and the whole Mike thing, I guess, is just to sort of further uh, show you, like, how evil uh, Walter is, you know, because, you know, he killed him out of his ego. And then uh, Jesse tried to, like, donate his money to uh, Mike's granddaughter. But Walter stopped that from happening. Mike deserves it. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Mike killed Werner, the best character. It's a little bit infuriating that fucking Walt's plan and Felina just goes perfecto. And Walt Jr. is going to be a fucking millionaire. But, you know... Mike's granddaughter doesn't get anything, I guess. I would have loved if I added some kind of like di- piece of dialogue in this episode where Marie says like, oh, and Walt Jr., he spent all that money he got on like drugs. Walt Jr. got a nice Lamborghini all of a sudden. 
Where you got the money from? I mean, well, Gretchen and Elliot, right? Like, that would have been public. Still would have been sus. Like, what if that, yeah, do you think that, like, that definitely would have been investigated, and most likely he probably wouldn't have got that money, I imagine. I don't think it, no, because it's like, because it's like, uh, it, it makes sense. Like, there's a narrative there. Like, they're doing it one out of, you know, because of what happened with Walt. Didn't, like, they frame, like, in Felina, they kind of explained this, right? Like, you could frame this as, like, charity. Like, But would him. they really care? Like, I'm sure they would rather care about not Well, this is arrested. the family, this is the family of, like, the drug lord kingpin that they used to know. From uh, Not So Alex, they say... According to Rolling Stone, Gould wanted to bring back Patrick Fabian, Giancarlo Esposito, Michael Mando, Anna Gunn, and Dean Norris, aka Hank. How do you think these appearances could have gone, and would you have liked to see them? So Dean Norris and what? It was like a whole Dean, like a flashback to Hank or something? How would Michael Mando work? Yeah, um, I don't know. I think uh, Nacho's character, um, like the speech that uh, Saul gives in the courtroom, sort of reflects, I guess, to that of what uh, Nacho does in episode three. I, I would have liked a, a Nacho and, and, and Jimmy scene, you know, maybe like a, a scene with them together. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they did bond, I guess, well enough in the show because uh, they were sort of like, um, like Jimmy was scared of like Nacho, but maybe they could have had like a, I guess, like a moment of them just sort of like maybe sharing something personal. Um, Jimmy and Nacho had like five scenes total together. I think for like a Howard scene, you could easily fit that in. That probably would have yeah. been nice. Mm -hmm. um, maybe like a Howard and Kim scene, like a flashback, because if you remember, like Howard was like Kim's mentor. Um, so something like that would have been maybe nice to see, like fitted mm -hmm. in there. Nacho, I don't really know. I, I would assume maybe, maybe like Nacho and his dad, or maybe a Nacho and, and Mike scene, something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe something along those lines. Because I, I, I guess it could be like um like the time travel thing, I guess, again, like maybe Jimmy asks him, but I guess it probably felt like a little too repetitive. So they decided not to do that. I don't know. I doubt they would do a, a Jimmy and Nacho scene just because of how terrified he is of, of him. And if maybe they did that, it would take away from that. I did no clue how they would do a Dean Norris. And who was the other character? Gus? Gus doesn't work really, I think. You could only include characters that like were had some kind of involvement with Jimmy because this episode is entirely about Jimmy. So it'd feel we'd have some red and white Mike and Gus scene or fucking Nacho and his dad scene. What abs I absolutely do think that Skylar should have been there, though. I bet Anna Gunn just didn't want to because people were pretty mean to her. I don't think Skylar would work for the finale. I did want a Nacho flashback ever since he died, but I kind of forgot about it after <laughs> everything that happened. I did want a Howard scene, like, during Point and Shoot. I think that would be cool, like a flashback. I feel like it would have been too soon if they had a Howard flashback in Point and Shoot. Mm, I think literally right after his death. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's not why Point it would and work. Shoot. I don't know, but I, I don't. Shoot, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think. I, was I think certain that the cold open of Point and Shoot would have some kind of Howard thing. Have they ever had like a flashback of the character that just died? I mean, not many characters have died. So. Oh! 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 Gail! Gail died end of season three. Season four cold open was Gail. That's not a flashback. <laughs> yes, it is. Gail. I'm more thinking with point of shoot that like it would like kind of compare to Ozymandias first scene like showing how far they've come I actually especially Howard I would have loved a Howard flashback just because um he had his monologue but it was like a drunken you know whatever like it would have mm -hmm. been nice if he if we got like a send-off like Chuck got a send-off Nacho got mm -hmm. a sick send-off where he got shot I mean um, <laughs> you know I don't know if we we, if we got a send-off with Howard but we didn't get like that kind of nice I, I was i was i was satisfied with howard's reign i was yeah. satisfied but i always would like a nice you know a mm -hmm. nice like little howard moment to like um i mean we all agree that 
Dean Norris probably wouldn't have worked, right? <laughs> yeah, um, no, Murray yeah. and Hank Flashback. Anna Gunn absolutely steps. should have been in there. I don't think Michael Mando would have worked because I don't think he's really that involved with Jimmy's lawyer life. I don't know about Giancarlo Esposito, uh, but I don't think I wanted a Patrick Fabian appearance in the finale. I mean, I mean, not an appearance, but maybe like a picture of him in the courthouse, or maybe they just name a bench after him or something. <laughs> bench after him? Yeah, like you know, near like colleges and stuff. They put. <laughs> he like, deserved you know, better than a bench. <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, he was pretty. He was pretty. He was a pretty respected attorney, but also yeah, his reputation yeah. was pretty much kind of in shambles. Yeah. I love the idea. I love the idea of Chuck getting a law library named after him and how it gets a bench. Or just more goofy photos of Patrick Fabian's Instagram somewhere. I think for a, a Gus flashback, they could have done it like, um, or not a flashback, but like a Gus scene. So like when they're in the courthouse, Gus could have been like standing in like the door, like the. I wanted a final Gus scene, not the finale, but I wanted there to be like a Gus and Max scene, like an actual. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're Max right. Scene. Yeah, they should have them making love. They would they would have done that, except Gus like is inexcusably old, like his actor. Like they cannot pull that off. I'm actually like surprised we never got a scene of Gus during Breaking Bad in the show. I mean it didn't fit obviously, but I'd always just assumed we were gonna get that. Like Gus and Mike doing some shit. It would be sick, but he does look Gus or Gus, yeah, it looks old. Mike looks old, but he looked old in Breaking Bad, so Yeah, yeah. Gus looks like really young in Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now okay, Gus is like, Giancarlo is like an elderly man. Yeah. From Pom Poma Man, how do you all feel about Jimmy and Kim's story having more of an open ending? Who do you think they are now as people? How do they maintain their relationship, if at all? I'd like to think they'd at least write to each other. We kind of talked about this already. The fact that it's kept more open compared to, obviously, compared to something like Felina, I, th- I just think it's it makes more sense for this mm-hmm. type of show. I, I like really it, picture too. It, I didn't really see it as, like, open. Like, I, um, I don't think we talked about this... This is random. Do we think this is a happy ending for Jimmy or not? Yes. It's as happy as it could get. It's as yeah. happy as it could get. Yeah, I agree. As happy as it could get. It's bittersweet, yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's happy as well. I think that either Kim will, like, that's kind of their last goodbye and they never see each other, or maybe she'll maintain some sort of little bit of contact. Also, the fact that we're all debating whether this was even a happy ending. I mean, I don't know. We're not debating. We all just agreed. No, we didn't. Cinebad just said... Cinebad's opinion is irrelevant, though. He's a contrarian. But I'm agreeing. I, I said bittersweet. I, yeah, bittersweet. I I don't think it's that open ended. I think that it gives enough room so you can interpret different things and kind of maybe view their own futures in your own eyes, which is always nice. I think it's not as abrupt as some other shows or you know open as other shows. So it gives you kind of a guide on maybe what to think. But if you want to think something else, you can do that as well. And it, it's kind of nice for the, the people that want to think. You know, maybe he breaks out of jail and they go, go meets up with Kim. They get married. Who knows? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um. Last question. Let's and then we can get to wrapping this up. Um. From Plue Maniac. <laughs> this one's a bit of a stupid question. Did you ever clap at a scene? And if so, what scene? My friend clapped at the the Walt scene in the Chuck flashback. I didn't clap at anything because I'm not an idiot. But um, I started clapping when like they landed the plane there. The... <laughs> same same yeah yeah like, let's go <laughs> i think because like walter and, and jesse's uh cameos or appearances were spoiled uh the one that i guess 
I know this is ridiculous, you know, but uh, the one I did, I was clapping was definitely uh, Marie and Amelia. Yeah, I wanted to clap when I saw Marie. Yeah, let's say, let's say not actually clap, because let's be honest, no one here was clapping at a scene. Maybe, like, let's say scene that you were, like, most hyped for or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was Which Marie. Easily Marie, 100%. Yeah, Marie, for me, For me, that was Chuck. When I when the Chuck came out, um, when the Chuck scene happened, I let out some sort of audible noise that I cannot describe. Yeah, no, definitely the Chuck and Marie. They were both sick. Yeah, imagine a Chuck and Marie scene. Oh, well, they, oh, that's that's what they were gonna do with uh, season one. Oh yeah, they were gonna do that, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah, in season two, Marie was gonna be at the hospital. That would have been to me. That would have felt like the Dean Dean Norris. Like, yeah. if they did that, like, the newest one. Would she have replaced that Dr. Cruz character? Yeah. Hey, Trez, what'd you think? What's the most hype scene for you? Definitely when he was walking down with the new suit and everything. Oh, that was oh, pretty sick. And yeah. obviously, something like, you know, when he starts beginning his testimony, because you can kind of immediately tell that he's not being as, uh, not genuine, that's not the right word, but as manipulative, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not as convincing. There was a lot of, like... I guess clappable scenes you could say this episode. I mean, I guess the my name the name's McGill. I guess some people would say that's a cheer cheering moment. Okay, let's get to our let's get to our final thoughts. Um first off, where would you rank season six compared to the other seasons? Do you think it's the best? Dan. Probably the best. You think? Maybe. Okay, uh Rez? Probably easily the best. Probably easily the best. Yeah, up there with season five and three. Alrighty, uh, Cinnabad. Uh, yeah, it's definitely the best season overall too, I guess. But since B especially. Okay, uh, Cooper, Johnny. I feel like uh, like season three is the best one. I like, I, I definitely like this one uh, a lot. Um, but like you know what King said, I think some of the stuff uh were drawn out uh, a little in uh the beginning of the first half of the season. The the Gene stuff was a little weird, I guess, at the beginning. Uh. Uh, they should have had Jeff as the main antagonist, uh, and they should have had QB. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I was about to say cover bullshit. You only hate the only reason is because Kubi isn't in it. That, that's like my only problem. But yeah, this, this season is a uh, ten out of ten. But I prefer season three. Okay, I feel like my opinion is going to be controversial. Uh, Skink, I would say I I haven't seen seasons one to five in a while, but I would say as much with with everything I can remember from the seasons, I would say it's like easily. Uh, the best season but it also could be just because it's i don't know actually it's just such a good season i don't know i think season four might be better me personally i do plan on re-watching the entire show like very soon for my all episodes ranked video uh catch that when it comes out am i right um but as uh, as it currently stands i think uh i like season one two three and four more all of them more than season six maybe not season two and you said Cindy was a contrarian wait 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 you you think one's probably better than two yeah you think one is better than six? Maybe. You think two is better than six? No. Okay, what about three? Yeah, three is still the best season. Okay, what about five? No, that's the best season. Really? Yeah. Damn. I, for me, each season, I think I think because it builds the show. So, like, season one, I like. Season two, I like more. Season three, I like more. Season four, like, each, each season, I just like more than the previous, just because it kind of, you know, builds off it. And I don't know. That's what I think, at least. Yeah, yeah and, like... I want to be clear here, like, the worst season, season five for me, is still, like, an 8, 8.5 out of 10. Like, mm-hmm. there is nothing bad about this show. I love every single thing about it. It's just yeah, what I love yeah. more, you know? Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. It's really hard for me to rank it. Like, I can't decide if I like season one or four or, like, two more. 
Actually, no. Yeah. I like one in form one and two. I, I do think that this is one of those shows. You know how like a lot of shows will like have those like golden seasons sometimes, like a season two or a season three. I think the most part, like this show, like most people usually think that it, each season gets better than the past, which I don't know is, is necessarily true with most TV shows. So it's kind of interesting. Well, I think most people, when season four came out, they said season three was better. I don't know. I feel like the average... <laughs> viewer opinion is just like each season is better than the past like yeah i, I think skink is right yeah but i don't know i don't know we'll take we'll i i do it. know everyone was saying every, everyone was saying season five was the best season when it came out maybe your viewers can comment in the uh leave a comment of your ranking and i'll be sure to not look at it i'll look at it i'll look at every single one of them just kidding i will look at it because i don't get any comments so every comment is greatly appreciated what is i'll go through everyone again what is everyone's favorite scene of this season dan uh, I actually don't know. Yeah, that's hard. I don't it know. Hard. Yeah, I can't think of one. Okay, fine. Think of, think of one. Come on. A favorite scene? Yeah, sure. It's probably um when Kim cried at the bus. That actually threw me off guard with how well acted it was. Yeah, I, I, let's change this. Not favorite scene, but just like a scene that like really hit you or like resonated with you. Yeah. yeah. Or was really funny or some shit. I don't know. Uh, Prez? I mean, that doesn't really help because there's so many scenes that you could pick. But uh, I guess off the top of my head, obviously... You could pick multiple. Yeah, you know, obviously off the top of my head, once the candle flickers and Lalo enters the room, uh, Kim crying. I don't know, probably something from Nippy too. I really love Nippy. I still do. It's probably still up there as one of my favorite episodes. I guess just Gene holding the fucking uh, Cinnabon bag in the camera, something like that. And I guess the entirety of the last three episodes. Cinnabad? My favorite, I could say it's my favorite scene of the show is the confession scene in Saul Gone. It's my favorite scene of the show, so it's the best scene of the season. True, true. Um, Johnny Cooper? I think it's the Chuck scene. I think uh, that was uh, pretty depressing. Just, uh, you know, like I said, you know, the, they never really finished their convo. And, uh, you know, they always banter about the same thing. You know, they never really fixed their relationship. I thought uh, it sort of uh, resonated and, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, skink. I mean, I feel like everyone said some of the favorite ones, so let me think of a few different ones just to give a different answer. I have um, one that hopefully no one else will say. Okay. I think, like, Atris at the candle scene, I think the whole scene following that, like, just the Jimmy and Kim kind of um, being almost, like, interrogated slash tasked by Lalo was such a cool scene, and, like, kind of seeing Jimmy at first, you thought he was just being selfish and saying, no, take her, take her, but he was actually trying to get her out of danger. That was a really good one. I also just really liked the early on antics in the season of uh, Jimmy and Kim kind of, you know, hatching their plan against Howard was just all, like, that's multiple scenes, but it was just like their kind of interactions were so like nice to see. Yeah. Um, personally, I have multiple ones. Uh, first off, obviously the whole film crew thing in episode seven was like very epic, very epic. True. True. And yeah. um, one that I don't think people talk about much anymore, but um, like the very first scene of this season of Saul's Mansion, like, watching that for the first time was, like... Oh! That was, like, when it hit me, but, like, hell yeah, I'm watching a new season of Better Call Saul. That's a good awesome. one. That's a good one, yeah. That yeah, was a I good one. I think that's, like, one of the best cold opens of the entire show. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd have to agree. That's a really good one. Because like, when you're seeing that... the way it's yeah. shot is so perfect. Like, at first, you're like, well, whose place is this? And then you slowly start to realize, and then you see, like, a million callbacks to Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. It was a really cool scene, yeah. Yeah. And that really, like, set the tone, like, with starting things off differently this time. Yeah, my favorite cold open's got to be the uh, point-and-shoot episode. What is the best episode of this season, Dan? Probably Waterworks, but it might change to this episode when I rewatch the show. All right. Uh, Perez? I'm just going to pick 
my top three, which is uh, Fun and Games, and then Solgon, and then Waterworks. Uh, Cinebad? Uh, Solgon. Uh, Koopa? It used to be Plan and Execution, but uh, now it's Solgon. Uh, Skink? It's honestly, it's a toss-up between Solgon and uh, Plan and Execution. They're both so good. Entirely different episodes, like entirely. It's hard to pick just one. I don't know. It's too hard to pick, but it's it's between Solgon and Plan Execution. It's tied. Yeah, I'm like in the exact same boat. Like I always have a preference for like final episodes because they just always hit me. You know? mm-hmm. And yeah. this one hit all the right spots. But Plan Execution was like watching that live was like a total trip. I also just want to throw and hit and run because it's funny. Uh, no, that's the thing. Like final episodes will always be up there for if they hit. But it's it's almost like unfair to compare the final episode to like the others in a way. That's why I had to throw like another one in there. I think plan execution is the best written episode. Every single scene in that episode is like so good. Okay, let's just throw in. This isn't a serious question. What's the worst worst episode of the season? Black and blue. Yeah, maybe? probably black and blue. I, I, but yeah. I should clarify: worst episode isn't bad. Still, yeah, it's exactly. just the worst episode. Yeah. Wait, actually, exactly. actually, it's plan execution. Shut up. If I had to choose one, that's why I choose. That's such a lie. It's such a it's lie. It's not a lie. You're lying. It's such a lie. So, you telling yeah, me you lying. prefer Axe and Grind? Axe and Grind is a great episode. It is a great episode, but Plan and Execution is perfect. Okay, HN, you should have said Black and Blue. Okay, Cinebat. I, I think, I think, I think, I don't know if Black and Blue is better. Wait, Cinebat, are you for real saying you prefer Black and Blue over Plan and Execution? Howard and yeah. Jimmy Boxing Match. I mean, he has a point. Yeah, what, yeah. What's so bad about Black and Blue? Yeah, I know. She's right? not as entertaining as and all the also other and also the Lalo, the Lalo should have been. It's crazy. I think Planet yeah, Lalo is good, but so is the, uh, every other episode. So okay, I'm officially saying Axe and Grind is the worst. Black and Blue is better. It's probably Carrot and Stick though for me. I, yeah, I can't remember episode one and two like at all. I know episode two. I and mean, Betsy, episode one is remember. kind of carried by the by the cold open. Carrot and Stick was was Nacho running around. Two, two just had like my favorite like action uh, scene in throughout both shows. Oh, crazy, like, Dan! I was just about to bring up that action scene as an example of why I actually think that episode isn't good. The twins shootout was like so stupid compared to the compared to the other shootout too, where they take out an entire like biker gang. This to me was like the only moment where I'm just like, wow, I'm f- this feels actually fully intense. Like with Batman, it's not even, it's just like a shootout that we don't see, but like this, we actually got to see it. And it I don't know, man. Good. Jeff in the mall felt more intense than that shootout. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. You, okay, it did. to be fair, to be fair, Atrez, you can actually make that argument because that but was pretty intense. Not Pat Healy, Jeff, the other Jeff. Oh, yeah, Don Harvey. He was, way, he was way more intimidating. That's what but I'm like, saying. Dude, that's what I'm telling these people. But, but I will say, Let's I go. don't think the old Jeff could have pulled off what the new Jeff did in season six. I really so. don't think it's that different. That, bro. But isn't that the fault of the writers? Yeah, that's probably, the. Probably, yeah, yeah. They probably would have wrote it differently with the other guy. Well, they, they're adamant that they didn't. I think I would have preferred if they had like a whole like before Nippy, like because uh, the opening of Nippy of like uh, just Gene being on uh, Jeff's house, like it, it felt like pretty undeserved. Honestly, I thought it was like pretty quick when it comes to like their resolution. You know that they've been setting up, they've been setting up like since season four and five. I wish um, they did like an episode before Nippy where it's uh, Gene versus Jeff. You know, you sort of get to see like this, uh, I guess like a cat and mouse, and then towards like the end, Gene gets like the upper hand, like he. He earns it, you know, instead of just having it in like the cold open. Uh, or, like, I, 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 I agree. I'm actually going to throw Nippy in as a contender for my least favorite. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, I can't. I can't with this favorite? anymore. I'm not saying yeah. it's my least favorite. I'm saying it's it's a contender. 
I don't know, man. I really love Nippy. It's I, like, I love Nippy as well. I'm, I'm it's Nippy. probably in my top five, not going to lie. If you look at it within the context of like later episodes, it's literally just setting up how, like, yeah, Gene's going to get into the soul grind a little more as, you know, the episodes the, go the, by. The axe and grind. Whoa. I, I do think they probably should have needed, they needed some sort of gap bridging. I don't know how they would have done it in this amount of episodes, right? Right. This episode out of 10, Dan. You know, out of 10. Uh, Rez? uh, 10 out of 10, but I feel like I have like a handful of other show finales that I think had more of an emotional punch for me, but still an amazing episode. Um, Cinebad? 10 out of 10. Uh, Cooper? 11 out of 10. Skink? Like a 7 out of 10. I'm kidding. 10 out of 10. 13 out of 10. Amazing episode. Makes Felina look like a piece of shit. Wrong. Mm-hmm. And now we, uh, last thoughts on this show overall, just whatever you want to say. Uh, Cooper, you can go first. So I'm so glad uh, the show ended the way it did. And it's one, if not the best finale I've seen in TV, in my opinion. I thought it was better than Felina, which is crazy because um, for years I've expected like every show to end like that. Uh, you know, where like, where like the main character like sort of like dies at the end and like, I guess like, you know, succeeds on everything that he does. Only, you know, to be disappointed when, you know, shows don't do that. Um, but this managed to, like, surpass that as we finally see someone in this universe uh, take accountability for the crimes that uh, were committed in both shows. Like Saul admitting that none of Breaking Bad will have happened had he not helped Walter. You know, unloading all the guilt and regrets he's been holding on for decades uh, as he finally lets go of the Saul Goodman masks uh, that he built to cope with the actions he's made. Throughout the show, we see him slip and fall by trying to get his money early from the Sam Piper case. Uh, he tried to like screw over Irene so that he can get like millions. But when he saw how much he was, uh, he ended up hurting her, he goes back and makes things right. Uh, with other characters in the show, uh, they will have just taken like the money and keep their reputation reputation intact, uh, leaving Irene to just like, I guess, like die alone. But uh, Jimmy isn't like them. Uh, then there's this season where he doesn't want to like ruin Howard's reputation uh, he deeply regrets it. Uh, and then we go back to like his brother. Uh, he's always taking care of him. Uh, even if, even when like Chuck belittles him, uh, he cold of used his brother for like money to get himself, uh, I guess like a big, nice office at the beginning of the show, but he doesn't. What ended up uh, putting him in these bad choice roads was hiding his true feelings to people like Kim, Chuck and Mike, uh, which is why we have like uh, this talk about like time travel because like he wishes he can go back to t- uh, back in time to like the moment uh where he could have expressed himself instead of trying to be Saul Goodman, like putting on like the mask, uh, like we see like in the previous episode and I guess like half of this episode. Uh, throughout the series, we also see him uh, fake these emotions with Chuck, uh, which Chuck points out in one of the seasons, uh, two examples being um, Howard's like sort of funeral uh, at HHM and then like the mall scene in Nippy. Uh, I didn't think those were like genuine reactions out of uh out of gene um uh you know because at the time i was like uh when i was like watching those uh i hated how like he never learned from his mistakes and that he was just the same person he was since like the second half of the show but now he's uh, finally able to like become the person we started watching during the first episode uh, i guess like the man that uh kim fell in love with you know as he confesses like his true feelings and regrets to like the cord by finally finally like uh processing uh chuck's death after like three seasons um and admitting that he was like uh, he had like part of a of his suicide instead of using howard as like the punching bag saw will have taken those years those seven years uh then once he was out he will have just been like gene you know living alone unable to like practice the law 
and having to like live with guilt that he's uh, that's been like haunting him for like decades and then in the end uh you know in, in the end you know he did what was best you know and took those uh 86 years you know he'd rather uh do that amount of time as like jimmy than live as like uh the chimp with the machine gun out in the open you know all alone uh you know finally uh redeeming himself to kim and you know making peace with chuck and himself i like the it focused on the court stuff you know i didn't like um i, I was afraid it was gonna go like the dexter new blood rude were uh because you know for that one i was waiting for like the court stuff you know with like a uh, dexter like facing his crimes but they never end up doing that um so i was afraid they were gonna do like the same thing here but uh so yeah you know thank you uh Vince Gilligan and Peter Gold for uh, establishing a universe that I've been watching since I was like uh, 14 and 15 years old. Uh, and now I'm like uh, 21. So I already kind of mentioned at the beginning that Peter Gold was a liar, but I'm kind of glad he was a liar because the episode pretty much pretty much went as what I expected it would go as. And I like how kind of how intimate the episode was. I was glad it didn't really go the Felina route. It was just a completely simple episode. I loved how Jimmy finally confessed. I thought I was hoping. I'm not sure it completely redeems him, but like I'm glad he finally realized everything he's gone through. Yeah, it's said it's over now. Yeah, I I thought I thought it was a great finale. Uh, there were some things I have to like kind of think about or process more, like just like the last five minutes and stuff like that. It it was kind of, I really hate to say this, but it was kind of like Felina where it was like a little on the predictable side, but for once, because like I was, I was a tad bit disappointed when Felina was a little predictable in some areas, but here I wasn't, I wasn't really like disappointed in that, but there's still stuff in here that just really threw me off guard and I really like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just grateful that we really had something like this because we're not going to have something like this for a while. Quite a ride. It was an amazing episode, but... Like Dan said earlier, you know, it doesn't have that emotional punch. I don't really care about the predictability, to be honest. But uh, I know that when I rewatch it in like a year or something that uh, it's probably going to hit me a lot more. And uh, yeah, you know, just thank you to Peter Gould and Vince and the whole team for a perfect universe. If we if we forget about El Camino. Oh, I don't say that. For like the finale, I like for even the final season, I, I I didn't know what I even wanted. Like everyone was like, I want this to happen or this to happen. I feel like I had none of that. I had maybe some predictions, but nothing of anything I wanted to happen. Um, so even for the finale, like I had, I went in with no expectations, kind of even basically like no predictions. I had, I had no clue what was going to happen because it, it seemed like they would like, honestly, the way the show was going is like, I don't know how they can wrap this up in time. Uh, and they wrapped it up like perfectly. Um, I think they did a really good job. I, I agree with Atris. I think it'll hit, you know, on a rewatch a lot harder or even like maybe in a month's time when you realize, you know, it's it. That's it for Breaking Bad Universe content. It's an amazing show. Each each season is better than the rest, in my opinion. Yeah. So great show. I thought the finale was great. The season was amazing. Oh, like everything. I can't, I have nothing to complain about this season, really. Uh, I just, so thanks. Thanks to, uh, yeah, Vincent Peter and, uh, you know, everyone that's out there talking about the show with us as well. Well, yeah, you've been like involved with this community for what, a, a number of years now. Yeah, I've been uh, around the community for since it's, since it's, 
creation, I guess. So it's like, yeah, it's crazy to think that now it's 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 over. I think the realization hasn't really hit for most of us, yeah, that it, it really just is over. Um, and I think when we get that realization hit, the finale will be like that much better even like it, cause it'll hit more emotionally even. So yeah, I think on a rewatch finale it could be even better, which I don't know how it could be when it's already a 10, but yeah, great show, great everything, yeah. Like for the past like two years, ever since season five finished, I've like been thinking like nonstop basically about what season six is going to be like. I like consumed all those fucking prediction threads and shitty YouTube videos and it just felt so weird like actually watching it finally after the whole coronavirus delay and now it's just over. There's nothing more to speculate about. So that is all we have to say about not just the final episode of Better Call Soul, but the entirety of this show and also any anything else ever because I doubt we're going to do another episode unless it's a special occasion such as Slip and Jimmy. <laughs> so with all that said, thanks for watching slash listening.